Two mice fell into a bucket of cream. Here's two guys that fell into a radio station to talk about movies on Phoenix FM. So Saturday means CRB. I'm going to call it CRB Saturday. <laughs> it's Mr. Mark Searby with a Phoenix FM film and DVD review. Good afternoon, sir. Hi, Spencer. <laughs> I don't know if we can make that stick, though. I'll really be honest about it. I don't Saturday think Saturday means CRB. Yeah. Listen, you do what you can, don't you? It's you know true. It's true. It's a CB yes. kind of Saturday. How about that? It's That's like... fine. Yes, I like that. Thank you. That's great. Yes, it's yeah. a CB kind of Saturday where we're reviewing strays. So CB Saturday strays. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it just trips off the tongue, doesn't it? It, it does. Just trips off the tongue. It really Absolutely. does. Yeah. So you know, it's strays. That's what we've got to talk about. Not not actual stray dogs or stray cats or anything like that. Yes. But the, but what, the movie. What, what is this? What is this? What does it mean? So. It's it's a story about an abandoned dog who teams up with other strays to get revenge on his former owner. And right. this this is some people may have seen the clips, some people not. I think you do have to sign into YouTube to see the clips um, because it's an adult comedy with talking dogs that swear a heck of a lot. And I do mean a lot. This is not. For the faint of heart when it comes to swearing and other um, uh, dog body parts, shall we say, you know? Okay, I get uh, you. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, so so it doesn't hold back at all. I I, I, I looked at, I saw the trailer a while ago and I thought, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. I laughed a heck of a lot at this. I really did. Yes, it's crude and it's crass. But it's done in such a way that it's outlandish and it's completely silly. And then I, I, I was watching it. I was thinking, well, how, it, you know, with the, with the constant swearing, how long is it going to be before it becomes tiresome? But I actually didn't find, I actually found that it kind of didn't. And I think that's because it does start to reduce a lot of the swearing down by the middle third of the film. And it's it's kind of done that way. So it's just... It just becomes stupid and a bit silly. There's, there's, you know, there's still swearing in there, a lot of it, but it does disappear quite a bit and it just becomes silly and stupid. And I, I was still laughing at it. You know, look, let's be honest here, Spencer. Um, swearing's not big. It's not clever. But, but... But it can be funny. I don't... You know, it can, can't it? When it comes out the mouths of dogs, then it can be funny. And it is funny. And it's clever. As well, I think that's what shocked me the most. I was genuinely shocked by how entertaining this movie was. I really thought it was like, you know, a one note movie. But I came away going, okay, I had a really good time with with what you kind of expect it to be. The other thing I was shocked about was how invested in all four lead dogs they had. So you have Reggie and Bug. They're the two main central characters. But along for the ride, you have Hunter and Maggie. They are all different breeds. And they all have different types of aggression, which fits nicely into the film's story itself, which is ultimately a road trip across an American state to get back to Reggie's owner for, I don't think I can tell you what it's for, because otherwise I think we'll be taken off the air. Um, Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Let's just put it down to it's it's crude, it's rude, and it it looks painful. Let's put it that way. Um, 
However, beyond that sentence... <laughs> my, my mind's there going, what? what I'll tell it? you okay. off air, because I, okay. I can't talk about it on air. No way. We'll never return at all. Um, yeah, I don't want that to happen. It's going quite well with the show. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> However, you, so you've got this road trip, right? And you've got these, you've got these jokes and everything else. And everything. But then you've got this rather lovely movie about friendship and in all the forms it can be. You know, these dogs don't necessarily get on that well, but suddenly they find themselves in a unique position where they can discover more about themselves and the others while also helping their new friend. So, as I said, I was shocked as to how invested I was in all four dogs. They, there are a couple of tender moments in here as well, which I thought hit the spot very nicely. Then there's the big finale, which really, really, really hit the spot in such a big way that I, the, the press screening that I was at um, watching this earlier this week, I couldn't hear the dialogue in the big finale because people were laughing so loudly. And I include myself in this. I could not hear what the dogs were saying because people were just in fits of hysterics. And really? I'm not. Yeah, I've. I, it's been a long time since I've been in the cinema and it's been something like that where you can't hear the dialogue. You know, me and you have reviewed movies where I've said, look, I've laughed a lot at this. And there's people in the cinema who have enjoyed it as well. To the point where you can't hear the dialogue because people are laughing so much. Uh, that It's another shocking moment in this movie where I was like, OK, right, sure. So, there, I mean, there were not only were people laughing, there were some oohs and ahs as well, which go into what I can't tell you about. Um, Look, it's a rude, crude, talking dog movie. You're either in or you're out. I'm I'm firmly in on this film, having seen it. I think it is, and if you pardon the pun here, Spencer, off the leash funny. <laughs> I thought you I thought you were going to say it's the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and I was no. not ready with the mute, mute button then. <laughs> 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 No, yeah, it, sa it sounds it sounds fascinating. It sounds fascinating. It's, I mean, it's, what's not to love? Swearing dogs, come on. Well, the, well, this is the thing. As I said, look, you either get it or you don't. And yeah. it it just got the funny bone so much so that I was like, okay, I did not expect half of what I got, and even half of what I got was really funny, really funny. Oh, love that, love that. That's a, that sounds uh, that sounds that's out in cinemas, yeah. It is, yeah. It's out in cinemas now. Fantastic. Okay, what's next on your smorgasbord of films and DVDs? So, out on DVD and Blu-ray now is the Three Musketeers, D'Artagnan. Now, obviously, we had this discussion last week, and you said to me, "You you print you pronounce it D'Artagnan, don't you?" Can I just say after our call last week? Go on, go on. <laughs> I went to a, to a very popular website and, and asked what the correct pronunciation was. Yeah. And it's D'Artagnan. Okay. D'Artagnan. Okay, right. D'Artagnan. I'm, I'm still going to get it wrong, Spencer, so apologies. Right. I did, just one of those things. So D'Artagnan yep. arrives That's in good Paris. Enough. Thank you. Thank you. So, so in this version, he arrives in Paris to try to find his attackers after being left for dead. He aligns himself with Athos, Porthos and Aramis for three musketeers of the king as they fight for the future of France. Obviously, this is an adaptation of Alexandre Dumas' swashbuckling novel, 
but this one's actually set in France. So obviously you remember the uh, the Richard Lester one from decades ago with Richard Chamberlain and uh, Oliver Reed. Um, yes, I do. The, the 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 big ones, weren't it? It was they yes. were so popular. They really were. I saw them earlier this year for the first time in many many years. I really enjoyed them. I thought they were really good, really funny yeah. as well. Uh, this one, while it's using the source novel, it's it's not like that at all. This one is set in France in the French dialect along with mostly French actors. So it's going all in on the originality scale and it works because it's an excellent adaptation. It's dark and gritty. Yeah, there's some jokes in here and there's a little bit of steamy romance along the way. However, this film is all about the serious dialogue and the serious action. And it's it's one of those movies where you really have to pay attention because of how much dialogue there is in it. I guess, you know, you, you could probably call it a drama, but mm-hmm. it's it's got double and triple crossing in there, and that plays out very well. Um, it's also got about, you know, keeping up with who is or isn't on the level. I love that about it, just trying to figure out where everybody is fitting in. And I just thought that made it so much edgier and and kind of dangerous to a certain degree as well. Then you've got the dialogue between the Musketeers, which is whip sharp. And as I said... A little bit funny at times as well, but it's more intriguing and uh, exciting. You know, the more that they discover about France and what the future may hold for them and who might be behind it all, then it leads up to some seriously, seriously good swashbuckling action. It's fast and frenetic. It's also um, shot up close. So it's a really close action stuff like you're there on the shoulder of one of the musketeers. Oh, amazing. Yeah, just shot wonderfully. And there's an t- absolutely fantastic sequence at a wedding that just plays out so well and a bit gory as well. The, the action here is really top draw stuff. I'm really impressed with the action because it's good swashbuckling action. Then I've got to mention the cast as well. And I feel like all of them, inhabit their characters very, very well. I was impressed with all the performances. Particular standouts for me, I thought, were Vincent Cassell as Athos, funny and slightly mad. Romaine Duras as Aramis, stoic, very serious, like that about it. Um, And Eva Green as Milady, who seductive, seductive all the way, really. And then you've got... Francois Seville as D'Artagnan with with this kind of like eager, wet behind the ears adventurer who doesn't know when to stop. And it, it, it's got a lot of energy in that character, a heck of a lot of energy. I just thought it was great casting all the way through. It also helps that most of them are incredibly handsome. I think, yeah. that, you know, that's not going to, you know, that's not going to hinder a movie, is it, Spencer? They were meant to be dashing, weren't they? They were meant to be like really handsome and dashing. If you look back to the the films that you referred to earlier, kind of it, Oliver Reed, for example, it was in his heyday. He was mm. he was he commanded that screen, didn't he? He, he did. Just commanded it absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the same here. That's the same here, but in very different ways. I think it's possibly the most sexy adaptation of the Master's novel to date. That side, as I said, it's not a hinder to the movie. If people are good looking in a movie, I, you know, if if that's what 
sells it for you, fantastic. And it sold it's it for you. It's across the beer mark, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Pleased you said it. Yeah. But yeah, it's not, you know, look, it's no bad thing at all. You know, people go, oh, it's not realistic. Well, okay. But look, you've got some handsome people in there. So I think we can let it go that they're not, you know, down and dirty so much. This is, look, getting back to it, this is a good film. From start to finish, I just reveled in its swashbuckling adventure. Does it, it feel fresh? It does feel fresh. It it, it really does. It's hugely entertaining. As I said, it's loads of fun. It's fantastic all the way through. It feels. Do you know what? It feels fresh and modern without losing sight of that original source material because it you okay. know, yeah. can get lost a bit. But the, to me. I can see why this got so many great reviews when it went to the cinema earlier this year. Count me as another fan of this movie. This this really stood out for me. Um, so this is the first one. There's going to be a sequel coming out in January in the cinema. So now I've seen this, we will absolutely be re reviewing the second one because this first one, The Three Musketeers and D'Artagnan, I thought was fantastic. Oh, I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased. One for the list. So thank you. And your final choice for today, sir? Well, it's it's a movie that you and I have seen the first one in the franchise and both of us loved. Mm -hmm. And we're not the target demographic at all, are we? I'm talking well, about... No, we're not actually. No, we're not. We're not. Actually, so the book fair, club. No. So the book club that came out and... It's about four women sitting around reading Fifty Shades of Grey. I love this film. Me I too. Like, I like, loved it. It's it's just ridiculous how much I enjoyed it. And clearly you enjoyed it as well. But it, we're not the target audience. We're not. It's four older women sitting around reading Fifty Shades of Grey and suddenly having a sexual awakening. All three of them. Love the first movie. Now we've got a sequel, The Book Club, the next chapter. And this is where the four best friends take their book club to Italy for a fun girls trip that they never got to do due to the pandemic. So they include the pandemic in here. Um, so you've got this amazing cast, Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candice Bergen and Mary Steenburgen. You know, going back to the review we just said where, you know, if you've got a movie that's got glamorous people and it, good looking people, it does not hinder the movie at all. These women are still really good looking. You know, they, they, these women are, I'm not going to say their ages, but they are glamorous as they've always been. So the glamour is there. Sadly, the funny is not. And I'm not sure who thought up the idea of sending the women abroad, but I don't think it works because it completely forgets the central idea that the whole franchise is based on, which is a book club. You know, a book club that they their, their sexual awakening their second sexual awakening comes through and then you get this and then you transport four women to italy now this is already sounding amazing you're thinking about it okay i know what's going to happen here and it all it does is it throws away the book club idea and it turns into a sort of get your rocks off in italy um carry on type movie which you know look it's fine if it comes with humour or sexiness or both. But this sequel seems to have been lacking on, on both counts. All the women get a couple of funny lines that I, I, I genuinely did laugh at. But compared to the first film, there's nowhere near enough funny stuff in this movie. And there's nowhere near enough 
sexual awakening or or dealing with um you know se- sexual appetites as well and part of that is because the story is all over the place so you've got vivian who is getting married so the women decide to try and get her address while in italy Diane is trying to let go of the ashes of her deceased husband, but can't do that. She's taken these ashes all the way to Italy. Carol is constantly calling her husband at home so he doesn't have another heart attack. Sharon seems to be frolicking free with Italian men. I mean, it's all just very messy when it comes to story. And it sounds a bit cliched as well. This is part of the problem. It just, it, it just, it's so difficult for it to all match up. It doesn't join up well. There's a lot of cliched stuff in there where you go, oh no, look, here comes a handsome policeman. What's going to happen here? You know, you go, yeah. I know what's happening here. It's, in, to be honest with you, Spencer, this was a bit of a slog to get through because four women just cackling at each other is not what this franchise is about. It's got so much more than it. The, the first movie's got so much more to it than that. And this is all the sequel's got, really. I I really can't tell you how disappointed I was with this sequel after I finished watching it. I stopped watching it. And I, ju- I just didn't get it. I was just like, you know, look, I'm sure it was a lovely jaunt for the cast and crew to Italy. Fantastic. Great. But the story's really poor. And without any continuous comedy like what we got in the first movie and then kind of forgetting the whole central idea about the book club anyway it just comes off as a really really pointless sequel really pointless so my advice is ignore this and just go back and watch the first one again because that's so much fun yeah it just sounds really lazy doesn't it Mm. It's, do you that's... know what? Yeah, that's a really good word to describe it. Lazy. Just lazy. You've got four women here. Let them do what they do. It's like, no, no, you've got to mould it. You did it in the first one. Did it in the first one. All four of them were moulded wonderfully. You've got these rounded characters. Second one, off to Italy. Enjoy yourself. And that was it. Such a shame. Such a shame. Yep. Yep. Never mind. Oh, listen, thanks for today. Have been amazing choices and um do we have anything for next week so next week we're going to be talking about a horror comedy called the blackening and we're also going to be talking about a movie that is a homage to charlie chaplin it's called fool's paradise and it's written and directed by charlie day you know the guy from it's always sunny in philadelphia oh okay yeah yeah so uh, this is his directorial debut uh so he's made a movie there called fool's paradise and then if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll get an extra review, which is Mobland, John Travolta playing a grizzled sheriff trying to take down the mafia in middle America. Oh, Mr. Travolta is back, is he? He's back. He is. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not really gone anywhere, but no, true, su- no. suddenly he's he's doing these roles again where you think, oh, this could be interesting. You know, this is this looks like it could be in his wheelhouse. So he's back. He's got a hat this time as well, though, Spencer. So we've got to be careful. He's got cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. <laughs> as only Mr. Travolta could pull off. Exactly. Exactly. No, that sounds brilliant. Thank you, mate. So we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And um, listen, you have a good week, yeah? Thanks, Spencer. You too. You take care. Now, remember... You're only supposed to listen to Phoenix FM if you want film reviews.